welcome in everybody. It's time for another expedition. <laughs> An expedition to the zoo. What's new at the zoo with Jim Bartu? Somewhat homogenized expedition. We're, yes. we're enjoying the, the wonders of, of climate controlled environments here at the zoo today. And can I tell you how much I love you for that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is hot. It's hot outside. Speaking of, when we're at the zoo, are there any animals that just can't handle the heat? What about the red pandas? That's a really good question. Um, red, and red pandas is the perfect answer for that because they are from the Himalayan mountain range, which means that you'll find Himalayan around <laughs> if it's way too hot outside. Kind of like me. <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they, they actually uh, keep their, their door open so they can go in inside they have an indoor holding area and they keep that indoor holding nice and cool kind of okay. like air conditioning in your home so they have the ability to go inside there and and cool off if they want to and they're covered in some pretty thick fur so it, it really kind of helps turn that you need it you need it you do do you yeah. ever make you know you see um, some of the things on the gram Instagram you see yep. where they freeze fruit and they have these mm -hmm. fruit pops that they give to the yep. bears and things like that well yep. do you actually do frozen fruit for the animals we do yeah we do frozen treats we do um sprinklers just like you would for your kids out on the lawn yeah we do that kind of stuff so we do all kinds of um, different frozen treats for the animals when it gets hot and different things to keep mm -hmm. them cool a lot of the animals are, are fine with this kind of heat they'll find some shade they'll mm -hmm. stay down so if you're out at the zoo you're, during this time of year when it's really hot, you're going to see a lot of the animals in the shade. If mm -hmm. you're covered in fur, that's what you would do anyway. So yeah. you stay in the shade. The idea is to make sure that they have plenty of water, drinking uh. water that they can have. Staying hydrated, as you know, is absolutely essential mm -hmm. if you're going to be out in the heat. And that's true for animals as well. So keepers make mm -hmm. sure they have plenty of water. Um, and then, yeah, occasionally mm -hmm. they give them special little pops. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, we're celebrating right now because there's a brand new exhibit. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I saw this, one of the largest habitats in a zoo for the Komodo dragons in the country. It's the largest Komodo uh, dragon exhibit in the country. That's right. It's actually the largest in the Americas, so including Central and South America. So yes, it's mm -hmm. it's the largest exhibit that w that you can find on on this side of the the planet. I want to zip on over to the Zoofari Slumber Party. Yes, I know that's coming up um, at the end of uh, August, beginning of September, Labor Day weekend, mm -hmm. I believe. We're going to have our second Zufari Slumber. These are immensely popular. We usually have 100, 150 people come out. You can stay the night at the zoo. You get free <laughs> zipline rides, free carousel rides, uh, 40 theaters open for the night so you can watch those little movies that we have there. Plus um, you're sleeping you at the zoo. Yeah, you sleep all night. You get to hear all the strange animal noises, and then you get up the next morning. You can watch the keepers bring the animals out on exhibit. That's when they usually get fed, too, so you get to see a lot of the animals eat. And then you can stay all day at the zoo if you want to as well. So it's a very popular event. If you're into camping, or more importantly, if you think you want to be into camping, this is a really good starter because mm -hmm. it's right here in town. Um, it's very kind of structured, mm -hmm. um, and it's not too far from, you know, back home. And it sells out every single time. Yep. Hey, there are things for adults to do. I mean, the Sunset Safari, or Safari Sunset. Sunset Safari. Okay. Yep. It's Sunset Safari. It is our, our premier fundraiser for the year. It's September 8th. Um, and you come out to the zoo, it's after dark. It's an adults-only event because there's all kinds of um, beverages. Mm 
that you can have, but more importantly, we have restaurants from all over the city bringing out their finest food that you get to sample. So oh, you wow. graze, for mm. lack of a better word, from table to table. You get to taste all these different foods from all these great restaurants all over town. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're supporting the zoo as you do that. And then during the night, there's all kinds of... Um, uh, entertainment, musical entertainment that we have, and up-close encounters with animals. We bring all kinds of animals out on the pathways oh. for you to meet uh, up close in person. There, and also, where we're located, there is such a wonderful Hispanic community, and the Hispanic Heritage Festival is going to be here at the zoo. That's right, yes. That is um, the end, yes, yeah, September 30th, and that's uh, presented by Twice Daily, um, so they are, are helping us bring that show. Um, it's a it's a nice cultural festival to come mm -hmm. on out. We're hoping that um, everyone will join us out for that. There'll be dancing. There'll be presentations of different kinds. Connexion Americas helps us put mm -hmm. this on. So oh, it really nice. is a great day to be able to kind of um, embrace that Hispanic culture, and we're looking forward to having that. This will be our second year doing it. NationalZoo.org. The zoo membership for the family is the most economical thing you can do for your family in this whole town and fun all year long, just like we've been talking about. Yeah, I, really, if you're going to visit really more than once, it, it makes sense to get a membership. It really does. Well, we'll be back. We're going to talk Komodo dragons with the dragon expert, Dale McGinnity. Is yes. that who said? Dale McGinnity, yep. See, just jumped right on there. It's an Irish name, so somehow I, I knew how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I know NashvilleZoo.org, too. Check that out as we go to break. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kika. Good night. Murfreesboro, we're here whether you're ready or not. I love when we bring in experts, 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 and that's what we have. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, we got uh, Dale McGinnity with us. He's the curator of ectotherms. Thank you ectotherms. Very much. First use of the word ectotherm ever on this show in my whole life. Actually, I've never said the word ectotherm. What is an ectotherm? Well, ecto is from outside, like ectoplasm, mm -hmm. and then therm is, is uh, warmth. So it's animals that derive their warmth from outside their body. I was about so to say outside heat. We're experiencing some ectotherm right now, you know? <laughs> That's right. So basically it's every animal on the planet except for birds and mammals. Oh, okay. That makes I it easier. It. 
Well, you're also the master of the new Komodo dragons. We're really excited about the Komodo dragon exhibit, yeah. We've been working on this for about 12 years. I got to go to Indonesia in the 90s and spent a lot of time doing research on Komodo dragons, fell in love with them there. Um, saw them at a zoo on Java where there was multiple animals on exhibit. And it was, <laughs> it, it wasn't that fancy of an exhibit, but it was maybe the best zoo exhibit I had ever seen because it was, there was three male dragons and, and two females mm -hmm. and they were combating each other and, and um, the males were breeding the females and it just, it just looked like um, Land of the Lost or like a dinosaur exhibit. It was phenomenal. It does. And as the Dino Trek leaves, we've got the, the kind of the, the living dinosaurs that are still here with us. That's right. Right here at the Nashville Zoo. They scare me to death. Are they really that scary in person? So, um, so <laughs> as long as they're not thinking food, we just for safety's sake, we always keep a like a riot shield between us and the animal. And we can go up and, you know, put the shield between us and, and, and pet little Sebastian, you know, a 200-pound Komodo dragon, and he's just as friendly as he can be. But if somebody with white shoes walks by, something clicks in his brain, and um, all he cares about is food, and he would, he would eat me in, in a second, whereas the rest of the time he's, he's totally friendly. So What's for the them, thing it's, with white shoes? So well, nurses are not allowed. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> we feed them white rats. So they mistake a shoe for a, for a white rat, and, and that's what clicks in their brain that food is coming. So they're basically the bipolar of the, I mean, they're, they're just like that it double is, thing. It is, it's rat, like it just it snaps in their head so yeah. fast, yeah. Wow. And talk a little bit about that bite, that, that saliva and that bacteria. Yeah, so um, uh, Komodos are, are ambush predators, and... Um, a lot of times the, um, they'll sit along animal trails and um, especially deer and, and sometimes water buffalo and just go out and, um, and, and bite the, the deer on the leg and the deer is faster than the Komodo dragon so the deer gets away but over the next day or two it dies from really really lethal bacteria and the Komodo dragons have forked tongues like snakes which they pull in and stick into two little holes called the Jacobson's organ on the roof of their mouth and um, really sensitive sense of smell so they can find the carcass from up to five miles away after it dies you know a, a few wow. days later okay how do you keep these things in the enclosure because I'm looking back there behind us which is right behind us yeah well they, 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 they get out all the time we don't really worry about it and chase chase guests around <laughs> No. We spent a lot of time on this exhibit, making it look good, but also Komodo dragon proof. Has, has, it's been a big project. Do you ever have to watch kids and adults trying to throw something to the dragon just to see their reaction? Yeah. Mean, this is the thing. When you come to the zoo, it's not your job to feed the animals unless you go to the petting zoo and you buy the food there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, we have more of a problem for some reason with with. Um, aquatic features where there's ponds oh. or, or fish tanks. I think people just think of the wishing well thing and chronically want to throw in coins with, with our fish. And, and the coins leach heavy metals and that's an issue. So um, uh, uh, we haven't had, the exhibit's only been open for a few days. We haven't had any issues yet. I, I hope we don't because there are, 
There have been cases where, where dragons in captivity have eaten things like um, teddy bears that were thrown into the exhibit. Oh. And, and the way you have to, to get them out is um, use uh, um, about a six inch piece of PVC and, and stick it in their mouth and reach your arm down and pull it out of their gut. Or it can block them up and then you have to do surgery, which is a lot more complicated. Okay, last question. What, what part does a Komodo dragon play in our ecosystem of the world's animals and life? Uh, well, uh, Komodo dragons have a, a really limited range. Um, they're, they're just found on, I think, four islands, uh, Komodo Island, and, and these are uh, uh, Rincha, Padar, those are all part of the national park. And then Flores is a bigger island. Um, it's just, it's, it's one of the, uh, the most interesting places I've ever seen. I've been able to go pretty much all around the world, and, and it, it looks like <laughs> the land of dinosaurs. And for Jim, the zoo here at the Nashville Zoo, always a conservation effort. What is the Nashville Zoo doing as far as protecting this species? Oh, Dale could probably answer that a lot more than I could, but mm -hmm. um, there's all, you're right. Every time we build a new exhibit, there's always a conservation focus that's, that's into effect with, with those particular species, and mm -hmm. it's no different with Komodos. Right? Especially with Komodos. There, there's one group um, that was starting up when I went there in the 90s called the Komodo Survival Alliance. Mm -hmm. And they and they, were ex, uh, they work strictly off of grants. Um, they work really closely with the uh, Indonesian government, mm -hmm. and so they go out and they do censuses to determine um, the population status, the prey status on the islands to keep wow. Komodos around. So um, the SSP, which is the the the, AZA, the zoo groups um, species survival plan for Komodos. Um, always tries to get different zoos to donate some money for this mm -hmm. KSB group in Komodo. And uh, we were able to donate $50,000 to that group last year, which is wow. way more <laughs> than they've ever gotten in, in a year from all the zoos put together, maybe 10, ten times more. So they're, uh, they were ecstatic to say the least, and they're, and they're able to do a lot of great work. and, and Hopefully we can help fund them this year to have a permanent home on Flores oh. with the Nashville Zoo's name on it. I love that. See, that's why your family membership to the Nashville Zoo is so important. It's not just about what happens in Nashville, it's what happens around the world and all these species here and the conservation efforts just making our world a better place and keeping these animals alive and these species alive. It's just so very important. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be right back. We're going to learn about another animal. We're going to see an animal up close and personal. I can't wait. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. A big Komodo dragon? No. Oh. No. Okay. The big Komodo dragon. No, but pictures are, are great. Okay. Tired of hanging lights every year? We get it. That's why Southern Nights is here to help. We install programmable lighting on your home or business so you can enjoy beautiful, customizable lighting all year round. No more ladders, tangled lights, or cold nights outside. We do the work. You do the celebrating. Call Southern Nights today and take the hassle out of holiday lighting forever. For a free quote, give us a call at 931-241-3074 or visit our Facebook page at Southern Nights. 
Did you know that up to 80% of us will experience back or neck pain during our lifetime? Many of you are offered surgery or addictive pain pills to relieve your chronic pain. At the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, Chronic Pain Relief, we have been leading the way to better health, naturally, and have helped tens of thousands of people right here in Middle Tennessee for the past 30 years. I came to Dr. Gill about 10 years ago after my local doctors recommended surgery. I knew about Dr. Gill and wanted to see if he could help me. 10 years later, I am pain-free, no surgery, and no pain pills. Surgery is scary, and over 40% of all back surgeries fail, creating a cycle of surgery and pills. There is a safer solution to your chronic pain. Make the call to the Dr. Gill Center for Back Neck Chronic Pain Relief today and get your life back. This office visit is normally $299, but call today and receive your initial consultation report of finding for just $49. But hurry, this offer won't last long. Call 615-768-8743. That's 615-768-8743. One of my favorite things about the zoo is the kangaroo kickabout, and we have got Dr. Heather with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I love that you work here. This is like, it's like, you're my favorite person. (laughs) This is like, you know, if somebody's living your dream, (laughs) this is my dream right here. It's just like, and you deal with zoo babies all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our team deals with lots of babies. Um, We're always prepared for if, you know, things don't go right for a reason, and we need to intervene. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about little baby Sienna. Yes. Sienna is a six-month-old red kangaroo joey that was born to her mother, Ruby, um, in our exhibit. And mom did good for a while until she didn't. Um, She uh, decided one night um, to kick her out of the pouch and not let her back in. We have video cameras in our um, indoor habitat, and so they were able to go back and review it. And unfortunately, this little girl was not ready to come out of the pouch yet. She was only four months old, um, so she was still hairless and very small, weighed less than one kilogram, so tiny, and um, actually the smallest one we've ever raised and been able to to save. And um, she came up, and we were able to rehydrate her, get her warm, and help her out. And so we've been raising her ever since. And so now she's about six months of age. And she's just about to head down to the kangaroo kickabout, and we'll actually go back to the contact team. Oh, fantastic. Oh, how neat. Yep, she's getting big, and you can tell she's getting really curious. So for the first month, she wouldn't come out at all and wouldn't even look around. But now she's, you know, really inquisitive, and she she wants to come out of the pouch for a few minutes, and then she'll go back into the pouch. I see that on social media where someone just holds a little pouch out, Mm -hmm. and they go, and they dive in. They head first. They jump and roll. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and she's got like her own little roo hammock here. She does. They're the best babies to raise because you just can hang them on a doorknob. (laughs) (laughs) Hang them over the doorknob and let them sleep. Our staff all the time, um, Courtney's kind of been her primary mom, but they walk around with her on their sides and it imitates them, you know, being carried around with mom. Now you've got a bottle there. Yes. I was going to see if she'll eat, but she's very curious about these lights. So yeah, we'll she's like, she what is this? Food. It's like mobile sunshine. Maybe. Let's see. Oh, yeah. She's going to eat. I wasn't sure if she was going to really take to it with all that's going on. All you can see her little, little hands, hands there, Oh, too. my gosh. The little hands are so <laughs> precious. Now, um, tell us a little bit about, because some people may not understand um, the birth process of a kangaroo. It's very different than you would think about pregnant kangaroos and giving birth versus raising in a pouch 
talk talk right. to us a little bit about how it that is works. weird. So when we say that they're six months old, it seems like they would be much bigger or those kind of things. But when they're born, they're actually still like a little fetus. So they only, you know, are like an inch long. They're tiny. Like um, a jelly bean. Like a jelly bean. Yeah. Yep. And so they climb up when they're they're birthed, and they go up through the hair, and then climb down into the pouch, and then they actually attach to the teat and nurse on that for months. And that's why they would just stay in there until they're big enough to then not need that source constantly, and then be able to get in and out of the pouch. And that's why when she came up, she was too early. She should have still been gotcha. nestled down in that pouch. Typically, when do you expect a, 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 a baby kangaroo, a joey, mm -hmm. to peer out of the pouch, to about, start showing up? About this time, about six months, they start you know, putting their head out, looking around, being more adventurous, and then you know, between six and seven um, and on, they'll start coming out of the pouch and mm -hmm. climbing and hopping in and out, and then that just increases from there. Those for people that want to come up and see you guys in action mm -hmm. caring for Sure. baby animals or even just working um, on animals up in the treatment areas. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what people, how, what's the best way for people to figure out how to do that? Yeah, there's um, a couple of ways to be able to see. I mean, I typically tell people if they're coming into the zoo, head on up here um, in the mornings and check the screen at the bottom of the path. She don't want to get rid of it. Look, she's like, no, I'm like, you are done. You are done. I'm not done. <laughs> okay. Uh, you are. You are. Um, so typically if we're going to do procedures, especially bigger ones and exams on some of our larger animals, and they're going to be in the morning around 10 a.m. So it's okay. one way. Another way is to check. We have a Twitter account, and we do try to keep that updated mm -hmm. with what's coming up. So it may be one to check in the beginning of the week and see if mm -hmm. we have any big exams as well. And, um, and now, what's that Twitter handle? Uh, Nash Sue Vet. Yeah. Really easy to understand. Nash, Nash, Nash Zoo Vet on Twitter. That's awesome. Yes. Doesn't everybody want one of these when they see one? Ooh. Everybody. Yeah, you know? let's talk a little bit about why yeah, that is. Yeah, so this a good looks idea. really fun. It does. And it yeah. is. Yeah. And I won't say it's not. It's adorable and it's, it's great. But they grow up. And when they grow up, they are quite smelly. She's already getting that way. Um, they also require a lot of space. And, you know, they also can, you know, they're big. They can do a lot of kicking and, you know, the grabbing. They box each other, especially the males. So they can be dangerous as well. So they, they drop a lot of poop. Yep, a lot of poop. Um, so for these guys, typically letting them have their space and be out and, and not with humans is usually best. You know, in our situation with our kangaroo kickabout, it's perfect because people can come through and see them. But they have the ability to get away and go be a kangaroo or choose to come up and see you if they like. So it's really their choice, which is wonderful. Um, but as far as having one in your house, um, I would highly not recommend that. There's a reason mm -hmm. why people don't have them in their house. That's correct. So kind of see that and stick with cats and dogs. Yep. See the zoo babies all the time. Don't forget the Nash Zoo Vet on Twitter yep. to keep up with it. And NashvilleZoo.org. Hey, we've got some some questions from some of the viewers and that's coming up right after this. Stay with us. You girls having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kika. Good night.
there yet? At Kia of Murfreesboro, we're here whether you're ready or not. Y'all, I'm serious right now. They have a dragon here. I saw it. What? But no, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had huge claws. Get out of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up. Do you hear that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon. We have had some amazing guests. Thank you for bringing them on. Happy to do it. Yeah, let's let's keep doing that. I kind of like that whole animal feature thing. I love the animals. I just love the animals. It's what I was so excited about doing this show because, you know, we have a long-standing relationship with bringing animals to the radio station with me and animals that scared me, I got to learn about them. And once you learn about them, they're not as scary. So you want scary animals. That's what I'm hearing. Okay, let's move on to the questions from the listening audience. Um, okay, this is from Leslie. She's watching uh, because we're on the Internet. She visits from North Carolina quite oh. often. Okay. Hi, and Leslie. She, Leslie is a wildlife photographer. Oh, wow. She okay. takes beautiful bird pictures. And she wants to know, because we mentioned aardvarks and we mentioned the giant anteaters, and mm -hmm. she says, are aardvarks and anteaters, giant anteaters, the same thing? They look alike. And they are not the same thing. First of all, one of them is from uh, South America, and that's the giant anteater. The aardvark's actually from Africa, um, and they don't really look a lot alike at all. Um, the aardvark almost looks hairless, um, and it's, oh. got a, it's got a snout... It's got a longer snout, but the snout looks more like a pig snout, and it has these huge ears on top. So that's okay. an aardvark. Giant anteaters have a very long snout and a very small end to it. There's a little nose on the mm -hmm. end, and their mouth is teeny tiny. And, and they little tongue that goes. Yeah, that's right. And the tongue is the tongue's like this. It's huge. Yeah. And if you watch it eat, it can like take that tongue and like curl it up into all different kinds of crevices. And it does that because it goes into like termite mounds and sticks that tongue into termite mounds and it's got a saliva on it that's real, real sticky saliva, so all the termites stick to it and it pulls it out, slurps those up, chews them up and eats termites. And which what what do you have here at the zoo? We have both. What? Yeah. You can yeah. see both of them in the Nashville Zoo? How cool is that? Grayson and Cannon want to know, do you feed live chickens to the Komodo dragons? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, you know. Maybe. It's, maybe you we know. might. You never really know. Yeah. Uh, chickens are actually on their main course in the wild. Yeah, they'll, uh, if they're out roaming around and chickens around in the area, yeah, they'll, they'll capture a chicken and eat it. Yep. <laughs> and Elizabeth, our final question from Murfreesboro. Are there any new zoo babies? Everybody wants to know about the zoo babies. Uh, yeah, we actually have, um, I have heard that we have a new Bontabok, which is kind of a, a, um, a gazelle mm -hmm. that we have out in Africa field. There's a Bontabok baby. We have an Elan baby that's out. Um, we also have a uh, red rough lemur baby that you can see on exhibit as well. So a few new babies that are out there. The lemurs, I like the eyes. I know, they're huge. They always look, they always look like they're afraid. It's all right. <laughs> very, very surprised. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the wonderful guests, and thank you for having us in this beautiful vet center. It's nice, isn't it? This is the conference room that we're in, so this is a really nice area. 
And can people go to the vet center and visit sometime? Um, the vet department has procedures up here all the time, so you can actually see into the treatment rooms and watch them doing procedures on animals throughout the day. You just need to check the website, find out when that's happening. Um, they have a nursery there where they feed that, that cute little kangaroo that you saw today, uh -huh. so you can come up and see that as well. Zoo babies, if you're going to find them, chances are there, there'll be a little peekaboo time right here at the vet center at the Nashville Zoo. Well, thank you guys for being with us. We love your questions. You can send them to us at any of our Main Street Media Facebook pages. Let us know or you can send an email to me, devinoday at gmail.com. Fantastic. I'm going to send all my questions there. <laughs> <laughs> and we might even find some answers. Jim Bartu, thank you for just all you give us here at the Nashville Zoo. Always happy to be here. NashvilleZoo.org. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>